Welcome to the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. In this contributor episode, I started a new listener question segment, and Bill talks about not spending too much money on your early prototypes. Before we get to all that, some announcements. Board Game Workshop design contest is ramping up. Submissions will be due in April. Currently, we are looking for judges to sign up. Judging process is very simple. You choose a game from the list of submissions, watch their two-minute video, then fill out the short judging form and give them a few sentences of feedback. It takes about five minutes to judge an entry, and you can judge as many as you like. Last year, we had some judges that only judged a few, and a couple that judged all 87 entries. You can find the details at theboardgameworkshop.com, along with the judge sign-up form and a page to practice judging with last year's finalists if you want to see how the process works. We already have 57 judges signed up, some returning from last year, some were entrants last year and are now joining the judging side, and some are brand new to the contest. 57 is a good start, but I'd really like to double that number by the time judging begins in May. The more judges we have, the more feedback entrants we'll get, and that is the core of this contest. With so many people interested in the contest, we're also getting a lot of new people on the Discord channel. You can find the link on the website. You can join and talk about the contest, the show, or just game design in general. That's it for announcements. On to the segments. So the new segment is a listener question segment, but in this segment, I'll ask the question and all of you can answer it. I have a Google Voice number for the show, 1-725-222-8249. That's 1-725-222-TBGW. All you have to do is call the number, leave a message with your name and your answer, and it will be on the next Contributor episode. This is the easiest way to be a contributor on the show. The question is, what is your favorite prototyping tool or component, and why do you like using it? You have until March 4th to call and leave an answer. If this segment gets a good response, I'll keep it going. So make sure you call if you want it to stay. Hello and welcome everybody to the Board Game Sandbox. I'm your host as always, Bill Lassick of Wandering Hearth Games out of Woodbridge, New Jersey. So on this podcast, we talk about tips, tricks, and techniques to help make your games as amazing as possible. Uh... Pulling from things that I have experienced, learned, discovered, or uh, generally found out through my misadventures in game design over the last couple of years. And uh, in our last episode, what we talked about was how do you start? We talked about starting with theme or mechanism or publisher or several other ways that you could start at to help evolve your idea into something that can become a game. So I'm assuming you've done that. Now you're ready to go on to the next step. What is the next step, of course? It is making a game. So what does that actually mean, though? That can be very, very broad. Obviously, um, at the end of the day, we all know what a game is. But what should that first pass, especially that first pass prototype be, the first iteration of you actually, quote-unquote, playing your game, making a game playable? Um there's a couple of things I'm going to go over in this podcast, but the first is a very, very important lesson. Uh, it is one sentence. It's probably going to be one of the most important sentences you're going to hear in regards to your prototypes when you're making them, especially the first one. Okay, here it is, guys. Ready? Spend as little money as possible. Spend as little money as possible. It sounds simple, but it is incredibly important to uh, take this to heart. Um, I didn't do this with my first design, and it was a costly mistake, definitely. And um, you can avoid this. Uh, most games, when they are 
pitch to publishers. And uh, a quick caveat, uh, when you're making uh, your game ready for Kickstarter, that is a finished game you were trying to pitch, so this doesn't apply to that. This is all about the prototyping up to the point when you would start work on the finished design or uh, get to the point where you're ready to pitch this to a publisher. So uh, with that caveat said, uh, what we're trying to do here is get your game made. If you are spending a lot of money on art and assets like graphic design, it is a huge disservice to you, uh, at least up front. Why? Uh, let me give you a story. Uh, my first game that I designed was a game called Cartridgia, a really fun one to six player uh, retro co-op dungeon crawl where you're walking around as uh, video game tropes, attacking uh, video game monster tropes and fighting a final boss through several different levels. And there's uh, a tile based uh, dungeon expansion system. So it feels very much like an old Zelda or Dragon Warrior game. And um, my head was really fun. Uh, and since I've gotten people to play it over the years, they've really had a good time. But as much as people have enjoyed playing the game, uh, even though it is very much uh, not a dead project, it is very much alive, it is also very far from becoming publishable based on learnings through the playtesting process. And the game's evolved several times. Uh, and it's going through yet another major evolution based on the last round of playtests. These are all good things. Here's the bad thing. I spent almost $1,000 on art assets that I own now, and they look great, but they got me nothing, really? Um, I mean, yeah, they, they got some good impressions from some players, but at the end of the day, uh, this is money that I am out, I've been out, and I'll continue to be out unless this game is published. This is a loss. Whether it's a, a pretty-looking loss or not, it's a loss that I did not need to incur. Um, poking around the internet um, or talking to other designers over the years, trying to understand how people's games looked when they were published um, was definitely not what I expected games to look like when they were first picked up. Um, do yourself a favor, go on Google, um, look for designer diaries on BGG, search um, uh, prototype game finish states and other things on Google. Uh, you'll eventually come across what designers' games have looked like. Uh, and it is amazing how different they are from the finished product. Um, Edo, uh, Edward uh, Bereff, uh, he did, he recently did one, sorry about that. He recently did one. Uh, for his Skulk Hollow as a designer diary, um, and he gave a snapshot of what some of the pictures look like in his game before it was actually uh, finished with art, and it is eye-opening. I mean, he, he's obviously self-publishing through Kickstarter uh, with Pencil First Games, uh, which is a great company, by the way, but... Um, his game didn't look dissimilar from a lot of games that are picked up by publishers that uh, buy designs from other uh, from other designers, and it was basically a, a glorified uh, near stick figure drawing of uh, his game and its layout, and it was charming almost, but it was also you could see not a lot of money to create that concept to play it through. Um, he was very successful with this approach, and I think you will be too. Uh, also, here's another thing. If you're not really spending a lot of money, that means your stuff's going to look pretty basic, which is good because when you start playing your design, going from version 1 to version 23, and yes, there are probably going to be about 20 plus versions of your game in most situations after playtesting, 
it's really easy to make fast responsive changes if there's not a lot going on in your board and art and worrying about how these things look together if you're breaking your game down to its most simple and enjoyable form um then it's fast and quick to make changes to it uh so by not sinking a lot of uh time and effort and money into your art or graphic design uh it can help you make your games faster now i do not mean do not sink any time uh, especially into your graphic design. Your games do not have to have a finished graphic design um, or finished art feel to them, but I do highly recommend making them have rel- a relatively clean graphic design because when you are sitting down with people at the table, um, the easier you make the game for them to play, uh, the easier it will be for them to give you feedback on uh, areas where you really need help. How's the play feel? How's the play time? How's the choices? Were they meaningful? All those things that you were looking for from your play testers um, are easier to get to if they're not struggling with trying to figure out where the attack value is on your card and what this unique horseshoe symbol means. So uh, try and do a clean design, but don't go over the top. Um, Now, uh, one thing I will give you a tip, a tool that you can use to make your cards fast. Um, We'll probably talk about this a little more in another episode, but uh, just a heads up. uh, Use Card Maker Beta. Um, It's one of the many programs you can use to make your cards for your games. I know a lot of people like Adobe InDesign, um, and there's a couple other programs out there. A reason I like Cardmaker Beta is, first and foremost, it's free. It falls under spend as little money as possible. Um, It is easy to learn. You can learn it in about four hours, give or take an hour. Um, There's YouTube videos to help you learn this. Uh, Like Zintus MK has a a great tutorial series on Cardmaker Beta on YouTube. Check it out. Again, free, easy to use, and gets your graphic design working pretty effectively, especially for iterations and changes. It is really awesome. Um, So now that you have an idea uh, of what you're shooting for visually, you know, very, very basic art. Steal from Google. It's free. Uh, For prototyping purposes, you're not going to get sued. Um, Graphic layout, clean but simple, basic. Uh, What should you be trying to shoot for now with your actual game? How far do you develop that game before you put dice to the table and start playing it? Um, the favorite, my favorite comment or quote, I should say that I ever heard was from Tony Miller as part of Gabe Barrett's, um, Ignite, uh, board game conference that he did as a, a Facebook live show, uh, just in 2018, which was an awesome conference. If he does one in 2019, I highly recommend checking it out. Um, so Tony Miller, uh, said a very, um, interesting, uh, phrase. Test the engine. Uh, just like a car, if you're building a car, make sure the engine works before you start building the rest of the car. And this is really important. Um, a lot of our games are going to have a bunch of different mechanisms and systems, but they're usually a central mechanism or a group of central mechanisms that are going to make the game work or not work. Um, come about a way of testing that is even if it's most basic form first. Um, Because if your engine doesn't work, that basic design doesn't work, you need to know that as early as possible so you can make changes before you build out an entire game with cards and symbols and systems linked to the central mechanism that may or may not work. 
an example of testing the engine. Um, I am making or working on making a game that is essentially Smash Brothers. Um, uh, except it, when I was doing this game, uh, I had this idea of doing a real-time uh, dice rolling system to have stuff happening on the board. And what I found out was the feel of it didn't work. Um, people that were better at rolling dice and fast rolling dice and understanding values would crush other players. And as a result, the game ended up not being fun. Um, so I have basically put that project on hold until I can come with a better central mechanism. Uh, but the one I had in my head that played great in my head and I thought everyone really, really enjoy, um, I put it onto the table in its most distilled form before I started working on variable player powers and um, making the game infinitely more complex, which I could have did before I playtested it once, and found out that in its most distilled and basic form, it wasn't fun. That means it's not publishable. And stop. So I stopped with the game and I'm waiting to come up with an idea uh, in between other projects that I can take that game forward. Um, so test your engine. Now, once you have tested your engine and you know that it works, build out the rest of the game. Um, again, try and save money. Borrow from your other games you have in your library. Um, take dice, pieces, miniatures, cubes, cubes that represent frogs or cubes that represent warriors. It doesn't matter. Um, people that are in the pro uh, playtesting community, they understand prototypes are prototypes so you don't have to really impress anybody um and get it played uh once you have played it through you'll understand where you need improvements and because you haven't spent a lot of time um uh, trying to find the perfect art layout uh, should be pretty quick um and that basically is this episode for this week guys um Keep your prototype simple, clean, test the engine, don't spend a lot of money, get them to the table, play test again and again and again. Um, revisions are your friend, and hopefully this has given you a little insight into how to go forward from your idea to what you should create for your first prototype. Good luck, happy gaming, and as always, uh, I can be reached on Twitter at Bill Lassick, uh, Instagram at Bill Lassick, Facebook at Bill Lassick, or you can email me um, at wanderinghearthgames at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your feedback on this episode, as well as any feedback you have um, for future episodes. So if you want to hear a specific topic, uh, please give me your ideas and hopefully uh, we'll gain you some insight through my misadventures. All right. Have a great time and I'll see you next month. Bye. That's all for this episode. The Board Game Workshop is a member of the Indie Game Report. Check out their reviews and interviews at theindiegamereport.com. Thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, especially our inventor-level supporters, Chris Turner, Alan D. Eckert, Brad Batchelor, and Roscoe Shop. If you'd like to support the show, go to patreon.com slash theboardgameworkshop. You can follow the show on Twitter at TheBGWorkshop and on Facebook at TheBoardGameWorkshop. And join the show's Discord channel to discuss episodes. You can get links to all of these and the show notes for all episodes at theboardgameworkshop.com. Thanks for listening.